This podcast provides a platform for our guests to express their own personal views and opinions. Some or all of these views and opinions may not be shared by Ben and or Yoel. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. The podcast where we highlight stories of dads on the other side of divorce. To inspire and give strength to dads going through it. I'm Ben. And I'm Yoel. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. We're available on twodadtoquit.com. On Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and we want to hear your stories, share your stories, so please reach out and spread the word, and we're here to help you and help dads that are going through divorce. This week's episode, we have Brian Schoen, my old high school roommate, and uh, it was really nice to catch up with him. It's been a really long time since I've spoken to him and, uh, we got to catch up on his life. Uh, he happens to be, I guess, a money manager for the last uh, 20, 20 years or so. Uh, he's got four kids. He's been divorced for six years and, uh, he really sounds like he, he and his ex have a, a, pretty good relationship. He was actually on vacation with his kids for winter break, even though it wasn't his weekend. Uh, but his ex asked him to take them and he, they have that flexibility, which for me was something really nice to see. Yeah. And uh, Brian was a really, really grateful you brought him on, Ben. And, and he's a really likable, high, another likable, high energy guest. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have guests like that. Uh, I really liked the takeaways that he had when you asked him about uh, you know, what sort of advice you would give to somebody going through it, just what he talked about in terms of communication and reframing how you can sort of make, uh, make it take a positive outlook on, on things that may otherwise seem not so positive. Um, his openness, his vulnerability, he talked about being emotional and crying and how, uh, you know, if you need help, you should seek it. Don't shy away from uh, getting therapy. Uh, we talked a lot about relationships, and that was very, very uh, enlightening. I think our listeners are going to find that to be uh, very helpful. And there's so much more. I mean, I've got a whole, you know, notepad filled with uh, takeaways. So uh, I think uh, our audience is going to find it uh, super insightful. Yeah, there, there's definitely bring a notepad to this podcast. There's <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of wisdom in there, and you'll be, you will be so proud of all of you. So, so let's go. Today we have Brian Schoen. He was born and raised in Michigan, went to high school in Baltimore, Maryland, where he was actually my roommate. He went to college at the University of Michigan. He's been divorced for six years. He has four kids. He runs a wealth management practice. He loves sports, playing and coaching, hiking, reading, music, and lots of travel. And his kids are the center of his universe. So Brian, I'm uh, <laughs> sad and happy to have you here. You know, it's been way too long. Um, I think the last time I've actually seen you is when I was traveling the country with my mother and stepfather. And we actually went to your house to stay for the weekend. And you're I basically a phone call and you guys are like, yeah, sure, come on over. Um, and I think that that weekend meant a really a lot to my mother actually. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, so just diving right in, um, I gave a little bit about your background, but you know, we really like to let our audience know what makes you, you, um, a bit about your family, your upbringing, um, 
you know, all those things that were momentous in your life that, you know, kind of stuck with you and, and made you to the great guy that I've, you know, one of the best roommates I've ever had. Um, just a genuine guy. And anybody I mentioned that you're going to be here, um, uh, our previous guest, actually, uh, Yossi Hachheiser, um, the judge, yeah. was pretty excited that you're going to be on. Um, you just have a, a great reputation. And so please share share some of that story yeah. with us. So thank you for having me. Um, ben, it's always good seeing you, even though it has been forever. The offer still stands. You're always welcome in my house, whether I'm thank there you. or not, preferably when I'm there. Um, Y'all, you too. You know, we're very close. <laughs> we, we, we've known each other for a whole, like, you know, 45 seconds now. Um, <laughs> if you ever find yourself in the uh, Metro Detroit area, you know, uh, the, the, you're always welcome as well. Awesome. Um, again, so born and <laughs> born and raised in Michigan. So, I'm, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm one of uh, six kids. So I'm number two. Um, fast forward. Now I have 25 nieces and nephews. Um, wow. So big family. Um, second generation Holocaust survivors. So like my father, my mother's father was a survivor. My father's parents came over before the war. So that side of the family is actually quite large. Just had our annual Davis Hanukkah party, like 80, 80 people in my house just a oh. week ago, um, which was quite nice. Um, regarding travel, I'm in, uh, I would say sunny Florida. Today is sunny. The last few days haven't been so sunny. Um, <laughs> but uh, that work yeah, or pleasure? I'm here for my, with my kids. My kids have brought their oh, yeah. break. Um, so I do, I have clients in 31 states and four countries, um, oh. Florida being probably the main, main locale for my, uh, for my clients that, you know, winter here. So 50, I'd say probably 50% of my clients winter. So I'm in the winter. I try to come as often as I can to other warm clients, uh, Florida being one of them. Yep. Um, and I just call that smart business planning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> smart but, life planning uh, there yeah you, you, we all everybody always talks about good you know uh work-life balance i can't tell you that the, i planned it appropriate it just hap the happenstance is that it's worked out very well clients in los angeles and arizona um clients in las vegas and sonoma napa um so it worked <laughs> nobody, out very well nobody in canada eh? <laughs> uh i was i have in seattle oh wow okay seattle um, which made well, last summer I, I spent two weeks in Seattle. The last five days I went to Vancouver and Whistler, hiked Vancouver, well, hiked Whistler, um, which nice. was yeah, actually some of my favorite hikes are in Canada. I don't actually, it's not true. I have clients in Toronto. Oh, well, I guess one of the countries De from Detroit, you probably cross the border a lot. Uh, the border, I mean, Windsor border is like a good like 20 minutes from my house. So it's very, very right. close. Oh, cool. Um, Toronto's four hours away. So it's not so, so bad, but um, I'm kind of like, I had an amazing childhood. Um, one, again, one of six kids, um, very, very blessed, you know, went to, you know, TA uh, where you and I were roommates. Like I have some of my best memories, some of like, you know, my closest friends still to this day are people that I a, grew up with or people that I went to school with. Um, some that, you know, we stay in touch with like real, you know, significantly the others like yourself that, you know, are a phone call away and just, uh, and it's truly the honest truth is like your friendships go beyond. Like some of my closest neighbors, who I would say is really close friends, I probably haven't talked to in, in years, but if they picked up the phone and be like, hey, Brian, I need X, Y, and Z, you know, in a, in a heartbeat, I think you, you're the same way. 
um, you, you show up for your people, no matter if like they, they were like your people right at this moment. And that's 100%. just one of the things that I've learned from my father. Uh, my father, unfortunately, I lost my father two years ago, um, but he was a very big believer of um, help anybody that you can, because you never know when, you know, you'll need the same help. Not that you're doing it for future help, but you're doing it because you have the ability to. Um, and you never know when you'll be in that same situation. And I kind of think that's what you're, you're, I mean, I don't know a lot about your podcast, but I think that's really, um, what it's about is you've gone through something, you know, deep, you know, and whether you say dark or whatever, it's just like a momentous thing in your life and you're trying to give back, you know, to help others navigate. And that's really what it is. It's navigating. Yep. And, um, but uh, to take it, you know, a quick step back. Yeah, graduated U University of Michigan. Went and I got married right after. I graduated, you know, got engaged, got married, had my first child at uh, the age, the really old age of twenty-three. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of life experience at that moment. <laughs> um, but that was kind of what I was groomed for. Like I went, I finished college in two and a half years because uh, I was in Israel and every, you know, everything. Um, and I always, I went to college, not with a party and mentality. I went to college with the idea of I'm here for a purpose. I'm here to get a job, to take care of a family, to take care of, you know, to have kids and to participate in the, you know, greater community. Um, and that's what I did, I, you know, so for, from a, you know, uh, good, bad, ugly, that's what, that's what happened. And, um, and I'm, I'm blessed to be where I am today. So, uh, without, you know, that process, I wouldn't have met my, my ex-wife, but I also wouldn't have had my four beautiful kids. Um, and I think we all live and learn and evolve. And, um, so mm -hmm. I was married. We were, I actually met my, my ex-wife at university. She was the roommate, not roommates. She was lived across the hall from one of my best friends growing up, met at, a I want to say is his 20th birthday party in Windsor, Canada. Hmm. Um, we went to karaoke, um, and, uh, the rest was history. I think we started dating a few weeks later and got married two years later. Um, we were together dating and kids probably just under 17 years. Hmm. And, uh, the reality was, is again, I think just life, I, you know, I, I don't, I personally don't pinpoint it. Like this was the time where everything went sour or it's her fault or my fault or anything of that nature. Um, it was both of us. And the reality is, is I think, you, you know, I, I, I venture to say you would agree is relationships are not easy. I don't know that I knew that in my 20s. I just thought like it was all roses and like, yeah, it's all fun. We're having so much fun. We're in college. It's great. Um, yeah. But then you throw in a job and you throw in children, you throw in multiple children, you throw in multiple jobs and travel and all those things. And then other, and then you also have a spouse that has needs and you have needs. Um, it's work. And you either put in, you have the ability of both of you putting in that work. And it's not one day or two days. It's a lifetime of work. And I, not that it's, it feels like every day is like a chore because it shouldn't. But you, you know, at, at any moment where somebody says, I don't want to put in that work, any relationship is bound to fail. A business relationship, a personal relationship, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, et cetera. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think personally, if I'm being honest with myself, we weren't great communicators. And that's something that I, again, I've, I was, I'm, I'm a great, amazing communicator at work, but at home, I just wanted to make everybody happy. I'm like, 
kids to be happy, spouse to be happy. My happiness was like third, fourth, fifth down the line. Mm. Um, and that's not a real, honestly, it's not a true relationship either. You know, it's like, if I can't tell you I had a bad day, cause I never wanted my spouse to know that I had a bad day. I wanted her to just feel like everything was always rosy, but it's not a true relationship. So I don't point fingers. I could, I'm sure I could like pinpoint different things that she did poorly or done a significant amount of things that I did poorly. But later on, you know, six years ago, really almost seven years ago, we determined that it was the right path to, you know, get divorced. And, and what we did was we sat down and uh, we went for drinks <laughs> mm-hmm. and we said, how are we going to do that? Uh, and always best to do under, you know, under the influence makes the conversation way, way easier. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I wouldn't say there's definitely rockiness and a lot of emotional roller coasters throughout that year long process. But ultimately, I would say is most of the hard work came like over dinner and drinks. And, and it was saying because like, I feel like no offense to all the divorce attorneys that may or may not be listening. <laughs> um, I didn't feel that they did like, you know, any justice. They made things more complicated than less complicated, made things more heated than they needed to be. Um, and I'll ultimately is once we had the ability of getting them out of the room and being able to sit, talk honestly, what's best for our kids. And in my particular scenario, it's like, hey, this is pretty simple. I'll, you know, you deserve half. I'll have half. We'll all go on our merry way. Um, it wasn't nearly as simple in the reality, but like, the you know that's what we did you know we 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 have each other's backs when we need to we show up for our children every day of the week um i'm not honestly i'm not supposed to have my kids over this break um but my uh ex-wife hasn't been feeling well uh over the last couple of weeks so i've the the kids have been with me the last couple of weeks am i going to say no to my kids i'll have them every day of the week if i had a chance there's Mm -hmm. not a day that i don't um, and I know that she's the same way. So like the fact that she had the ability to come to me and say, it's like, Brian, I need you to take the kids 100%. How could I help? Because my kids' happiness is equally to their mom being happy and healthy. Um, how old were the kids when this all went down? Um, so my oldest, crazy as it sounds, I have my oldest is a freshman in college. So my wow. oldest is 19. So she just did her year in Israel last year, and she's in a freshman at University of Michigan. Um, so go Wolverines, Fiesta Bowl. Let's go national <laughs> champions, hopefully. Um, so my daughter at that time, and by all means, like I'm an emotional person. That 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 day, and I remember very well when we told my children that we were getting a divorce. We didn't want to ruin their summer. We didn't tell them till they all got back from sleepaway camp. Um, my daughter was 13. Uh, my youngest, who is uh 10 now is was four i have a 13 year old um you know so he was seven and then i have a 16 year old who was 10 and we got we told my daughter first because we thought she she probably needed it and to she took a second she cried she called her friends um then she came back into the house because she wanted to be there when we told her brothers and I remember it very well. Like we told our kids that we were getting a divorce. And my 13 year old at the time, he's like, what? We're getting a horse. And, uh, and it really just like let out, it made things like, it we broke just, like, laughing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're getting, and for years after we refer to our divorce as getting a horse. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was, 
it was it was weird. It was it was very very difficult to do. Um, that 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 moment actually was the, probably the hardest thing is actually telling them that this was going to be taking place. And then it was like status quo for almost a year. We lived in the same house, slept in the same bed, went about our life as it. We traveled together on vacations, um, and you know, again, vet, trying to like foresee what dating would look like in the future. So starting like she was starting like download dating apps. I'm like, all right, I need to do that. And again, still sit in the same house. So it was like unique. Our kids, I, I feel like forgot that, that this was actually, that we're going through this divorce. Um, and literally a year later, um, you know, we, I moved into a new house and she stayed in the same house. Um, and then they start, we do a two, five, two. So, um, Kids are with me every Wednesday and Thursday. They're with their mom every Monday and Tuesday. And then we switch weekends. So like I'll either have the kids two days a week or five days a week. Um, and I remember what, as my six-year-old at that time, my four-year-old at that time, when he turned like six, seven. So in the last couple of years, he's like, dad, your house is really big. Why can't mommy move in? Mm. And it was like, well, you know, mommy and daddy are better friends than we are mommy and daddy. Does that make sense? And he's like, no. And then he changed the subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the year notice was that like advised to you guys? Because I know a lot. You know, most of the people that we've had on the podcast and people that I know, they like their therapist or whoever told them to just wait till the last minute. So honestly, like we we had our kids go to therapists at the beginning, and some of them, like my two sons, kind of let's say graduated quite fast. Uh, my youngest wasn't there for divorce reasons. He was just, he had some, I'm not, I mean, possibly could have been, but it was more like, you know, just like he would get angry, not angry. Oh yeah, he would get angry yeah. fast. Um, but he grew out of that. My daughter also wasn't seeing a therapist particularly for that. Um, but like, was just another outlet for her anxiety. As, you know, I don't know that that gave her, it probably did for a little while. Um, so I would tell you, is it wasn't right away. So we decided in May of let's say 2016 to get uh, a divorce, like the, between the two of us. We didn't tell the children until August. And and you never, the problem is you never know when it's gonna happen. And the last thing that I wanted to do is that find, have our friends, them hear it from their their friend at school or from a parent at a Shabbat table. Or so to our, my kids have good heads on their shoulders. You know, we were able to have a conversation to the back. Like my, again, four-year-old at that time had no clue. He had no clue then. He had no clue like when, when it happened. Mm. Um, and uh, they really, I mean, to my kids' credit, they've done an amazing job. My, I think it was the hard, my 13-year-old probably had the hardest because he was like my mini-me. He was just literally just was always at my side. And we were very like, I, I'd show up to every game outside of like coaching most things at that time. So if I'm coaching like the older brother's basketball game and the younger brother's there, he's just like, well, Dad, can I go home with you? He'd always want to go home with me. And it, it was like the hardest thing because he would, I'd have to like carry him and he's crying and I'm putting him in his mom's car seat. And every so often be like, yeah, just have a sleepover, just you. And we thankfully had the ability of doing that. And I had an ex-wife who was willing to do that. So like, we believe that was what was right for our child. Um, and the same thing, like my daughter, uh, my older daughter who has anxious, you know, at moments she's like, I, I'd really like to stay at mom's. Of course. 
Um, you want me to drop you there? I mean, like now my kids drive, my two oldest drive. Um, so whatever we feel is in their best interest, we'll do at all times. Um, and, and I guess support outside mm -hmm. of you two, cause it sounds like you two kind of figured that out. Uh, did you, does she, is she from Detroit also or born and raised in Detroit too? So her parents are there. Her siblings live in one of her, her sister lives in New Jersey. Her brother lives in Florida. My siblings, four of the five of my siblings live in Michigan. My closest friends, some of my closest friends live in Michigan. Most of her closest friends live there too. We did have a very good support. The hardest thing is we were the first of our friends to get married. We were the first of our friends to have kids. We were the first of our friends to get divorced. So there really was no navigation. So I don't know if you remember, Ben. Um, and if you haven't had, well, I guess you wouldn't have her on the show because she's not a dad. But the idea is like I had only one friend um, and I wasn't so close with her at the time that was divorced. And that was uh, Chevy Ashman. And so I called Chevy and I'd be like, you know, because I just didn't know how to navigate this. And right. she she got divorced for very different reasons. She was very open and honest about it. Um, and but so look, she was trying to ha help navigate him through that process for seven years. And at the end of the day, she needed to get out. Uh, so like I'm talking to her and she's like, Brian, the first year is going to be the toughest. Whatever you see, whoever you see, when you see families together, like a normal family unit, you're going to feel like it, you're going to have like this, you know, you know, emotional response. Yeah. Totally 100% accurate. I'd see husbands, wives, kids, Shabbases. I'd be watching a movie like it, people I don't even know. But they're like in the movie was like a normal family, even though it was a fake family. I would be like, you know, get sad yeah. and I'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. like, what did I do wrong? And that's like, it's which is just a normal response. And ideally, is you probably did nothing wrong. I mean, ideally, it was, it was, but um, it was funny because her, her guidance to me was somewhat, she was like, this is like, she would tell me, she's like, there's days that I'm just like sitting there crying. And then like, you get through the year and then a year later, you're like, oh my God, everybody should be divorced. You have two or five <laughs> days a week to yourself. You can focus on things that you want and not only your kids. This is amazing. Um, and not that I'd ever like say, it's like nobody should go into marriage wanting a divorce. Nobody should. But it is. It gives you like a real good, like I used to travel for work. I'd fly to New York for work for four hours. I'd fly in, go to a meeting, fly home to be home for dinner. I'd go to LA for 18 hours, fly home. It was miserable. But that was because I wanted to be there for my family. Now I get to go, you know, go to New York and I could stay there for five days. I could spend the weekend in the Hamptons. I go to LA, I could spend the weekend in Napa. I go to Las, you know, Las Vegas and I see clients and I get to like hike Red Rock Canyon. Um, again, you know, that's just like, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying it's necessarily a benefit. It's just the reality is that there's things I get to do for myself that I wasn't able to do before. Um, and I guess for me is like, then it is like, what's, what is there a silver lining? There's like, nobody should want these things. And sometimes they're necessary. It's, yeah, it's uh, you know, it it's I don't know. In my in my interpretation of it all is kind of this was plan A, but you need to make the best out of plan B. And right. so Thank you, Cheryl Sandberg. What are you taking you know, taking her, her book and making your own? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a reader, that's Yol's uh, thing. That that, right. that one's that one's my she, own. She wrote she wrote a book called Plan B. Uh, uh, the, her story is a little different than mine yes well, her husband passed away yeah 
Um, Brian, I just have a question about that because, you know, definitely that's something that I've, I've heard before in terms of like you were saying that think, the reality of what, what transpires that you have time to yourself, you know, in, in retrospect, looking back, do you, do you feel that, you know, with more consciousness of the importance of taking care of oneself, do you think that is something that can be accomplished in a marriage? And I'm not saying, you know, to look back and, you know, have regrets or whatever, but even let, or looking back, but also going forward, let's say in the context of a new relationship, do you feel that realistically one can take care of oneself in the same way, even within the context of a relationship? So um, I'd say 1000% if done right. And it's, it's very difficult. It's very different and difficult at different stages of life, right? So when you have like a newborn baby and you're like, that baby is like 100% of their time, of your time. They could do nothing. Right. Um, and then like, you know, I have a 19 year old who would love to spend time with me, but she'd equally love to spend time with her friends more than me. So like, <laughs> and I don't have to wake up in the morning and, you know, change a diaper. I don't have a crying. Like my 10 year old makes coffee for me. It's quite amazing. Um, so like, I used <laughs> to have to wake up in the middle of the night or they'd come into bed with me or they'd cry or they had like, now I don't have that. Now I could also like go out like in an evening on my own. My kids could be home alone. That like so there's a nuance to life. Hmm. I all I would tell you and what I would tell everybody, anybody who's listening, is is that you know what it, again statistically they say the two the two biggest reasons for divorce is finances and communication. And hmm. I would say it's probably pretty accurate. Hmm. I would probably choose communication. Finances wasn't our issue. It was probably communication. There's probably a multitude of different things in life, but you know, I think we were very poor communicators. And I say this is not only for, for divorce or for marriage, but in, in every walk of life, communication, to be, to be able to advocate for yourself and your own needs. Again, there are times where you have to put somebody else's needs in front of your own, especially when it comes to little kids um, or children in general. Um, and sometimes you're gonna put your spouse's needs or girlfriend's needs um, or significant others' needs and before your own. That's normal too. But they'll, if done right, they'll do the same for you. Um, but if you have the ability of going into all relationships with an open mind and an open heart and the ability to say, is, this is what I need. You know, you know the things that you were poor at in your previous relationship. I imagine the two of you could list them. I'm sure you have possibly in previous episodes. Um, I know what I was poor at. Yeah. I know what I was really good at. Um, I know now today more what I need um, than what I knew when I was 22, let alone 20. Um, so if you have the ability of verbalizing those to your significant other, verbalizing that, you know, to your business partner and being able to say, this is what I need to be successful. These are, I need to be able to work out five days a week, I need to put it at, you know, so is it in the morning, is it in the evening, is it in the afternoon, whatever it is, I need to be able to go on trips with you. I need to have special alone time, whatever it is. All those things can be done. I mean, we do so much during the course of any given day, you know, so like, how do we accomplish what we do in business? And I can't accomplish the same things in, you know, in one's life. Um, and that's really, I believe is the ability of communicating, you know, better openly, honestly, without repercussion. Right, like, and without, you know, the, fear, says, oh, without you know, the fear of repercussion. Correct. You know, a lot. Correct. A lot of people live in that fear of if I say what I want, then that person's going to leave. So might as well not say it. No, yeah. very true. And that that's that's unfortunate. 
Um, but so to some extent, not that I believe it, like it's a free, you know, for a second chance, but, you know, because 21st century dating, there's, I mean, I don't know, again, you, you, your thoughts, I don't know when you guys got divorced, but like I was with the same person for 17 years. And then it's like, you know, like you'd meet somebody literally like I met at a bar almost, um, you know, it was my friend's birthday party, but it was at a bar. Like now, like, you know, you meet somebody at a bar, they're like, whoa, I'm not going to talk to you. I want to swipe on you text with you a couple of, you know a couple of days then have a phone call with you and then we can meet so ultimately is like let's take two weeks and then come back here the same right. place where we are right now <laughs> like does that make sense but like uh but the world is the what the world is um and uh it's it's interesting i mean aziz ansari's puts like a very also wrote an interesting book um on, on just what is it modern romance or something like that um and he talks about back in like the fifties, it was easy. You, you dated the, your five block radius. You dated somebody in your, your apartment complex. Mm. You know, like now you have like a global dating app. You literally could choose a place. I'm going to Buenos Aires in two weeks. I'm going to start swiping in Buenos Aires. If, if you decide that you want to pay the 1999 to Bumble or wherever, um, mm. which I refuse to do. Um, which is why I don't have dates when I go to Buenos Aires. Uh, but, uh, they, uh, but, uh, but the, that the nature of it is like, you know, talk to my friends who live in New York. It's always like the next best is like, this person is quite amazing, but the next one may be better. Mm. I don't have that issue in Michigan. Um, because, <laughs> because the dating pool is really small. Um, unfortunately it's just not enough people. So that's why I have to go to Florida and LA and to and New York. Um, but ultimately it's, it's, it was, it's an eye opener. I mean, it's been six years. It's, it's almost like a second job, third job. Um, <laughs> and, uh, sometimes I have to retire for, for, for a few weeks or months because it's, it's just tiresome, but, um, you know, I and, don't think uh, I'll ask here. you what, what Yul's chopping at the bit to ask. Uh, are you looking to get married again or just looking for someone to date or have you not figured that out yet? <laughs> wait, wait, yo, wait, wait, you say the words you want to say because, like, that was like a very like intriguing way to say it. Then it's like, would you like to like date or get married again? It's like, do you want to screw around for the rest of your life? Like, <laughs> like I don't understand. So uh, I, I actually had a different question, but let's roll with Ben's question for now. But yeah, right, exactly. so I'll out. I, I again, great question. I and again, I'm not, I don't shy. I prefer to be in a relationship. I like being in a relationship, but a healthy, open, honest, like loving relationship, right? So that is what I want. My end goal, whether that's marriage, because I'm not afraid of getting married, not at all. My preference is to have like a, a, uh, a you know, a, a loving spouse or whatever we want to call it. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't end up with like a ring on the finger or vows in another wedding, or it's somebody that we're committed to together for, for the rest of our lives. That is my preference. Um, you know, to get there is like just a whole nother story, right? So I would tell you, and I would tell everybody, anybody who's listening, my honest truth is don't, don't assume if you're dating somebody right after their divorce or going through a divorce, that that's going to be your person. Sometimes that happens. But like when I was going through, when I just going through my divorce, how do you get to that person? You have to start dating. Well, then, but you're going through this huge emotional response. Like, I'm not ready for marriage. I'm not 
ready for a committed relationship. I'm, but how do I how do I get there by going on a bunch of dates? Mm. So is that really fair to those women? Well, I don't know. I mean, like they got to meet like a really cool guy. Um, they got a free <laughs> meal, a free drink. I don't know. Um, but like I would say it is. And I say the same thing. I had a, a conversation with somebody yesterday, literally because they don't tell you on the dating apps. And she's like, oh, I'm going through a divorce. I was married for three years. I'm going through a divorce. I'm like, that's one wonderful, not wonderful. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry you're going through that. Thankfully, you don't have kids. Um, in a year from now or seven, eight months from now, you're interested in dating and you're not, you haven't found your person. Call me. I do not want to be your, your rebound. Like I needed, I personally needed that. I imagine the two of you needed that. Um, I would say seldomly doesn't happen is like that person, like your first three dates post-divorce are your in person you're not in a emotional sp space to do that i'm six years out like i honestly feel that dating sometimes is super fun when you have the right person and so many times it's a chore and that's yeah. sad but that's how i feel but i i i won't find that person unless i play the game right mm. so i do yeah. like i travel a lot i want to travel with somebody i've i've been blessed in life in you know I want to share it with somebody outside. Like I want to share it with my children, but I want to share it with somebody. Um, but I've been to some of the most romantic places on earth by myself. And <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to stop living because I don't have a partner, but I will continue living hopefully to find a partner and get to continue to enjoy life. with. Are, are you open to, you know, based on this was actually my question, but, but Ben's question was a good segue to this, you know, based on what you were saying before about having that sort of, freedom, if you will, in terms of the days off that to, to take the time for yourself, would you be open to starting another family with somebody, you know, having more children, for example, uh, is that something that you'd be open to? So that's a very good question. And I've had multitude of these conversations mm. um, and it's circular because there is no one answer in a perfect world. I would tell you, I prefer not to have more children. Now, that does not mean that if I find somebody who has children um, that I can't make, like, I love children. Um, and my previous, like, long relationship with somebody that I dated for two years, she had a daughter. I looked at that, like, that daughter for, for, those, for those years as my daughter. I treated her as such. Her parents, her siblings, they were my family. I love them. I love them to this day. It didn't work out for a multitude of reasons, but none of that scares me, mm. you know, you know, I've been introduced to people with four kids and I have four kids. That scares me a little bit, to be totally honest. That's mm. like eight kids. I'm like, the I'm like, I have more kids than the Brady Bunch. Um, <laughs> but ultimately is I, I'm like, I would tell you, you find the right person, you make it work. Um, and it's also timing, right? I'm 42 years old. Mm. Um, I have four beautiful kids. I, what I am worried about is, is like, let's say I find somebody in two years from now because of what I've gone through, and, I, and I'd, be, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are, both of you, but because of what I've gone through, like when you're 20, you start dating, you talk, marry, like, like you just don't, you never see like the bad, like there is no bad, like I, you don't see, like you don't go into marriage or a relationship, like, you know, like how is this going to go wrong? Mm. But when you go through a divorce, you, you, and you have kids, you're like, well, are you a good role model to my kid? I know you could be a good spouse or a loving um, girlfriend, but you know, will you be a good like role model? Will you like love my children like I love my children? Are you are they second class citizens or first class citizens? 
Um, like, how can it go wrong? And, you know, like, how do I prepare for that? Which is like a sad thing, but that's like, I will 100% have a prenup. Mm. Um, like, so you're already preparing for the worst before it even happens, which is kind of sad, but necessary. Um, so I would tell you is like, I don't want to have, like, I don't really want like my daughter to be 30 and I have a baby, like a brand new baby. So like, there's like this medium ground of if I found somebody today, that was so amazing. I want to make sure that our relationship is solidified that, and then let's say, then we get married and then we'd be like, okay, well, let's make sure our marriage like works. Like, so let's not do this rush this right away. So like, I don't want to have a baby like, you know, month one, right. Or like nine months later, you know, mm. how long is that? Is that a year? Is that two years? Well, suddenly I'm 46, I'm 47. Um, and again, I don't know, maybe it'll happen faster under the right circumstances. I don't want two, three, four more kids. If I had one, it's always that the idea is like, how every situation again different if if the, the 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 new spouse was married and has a child how is their ex-spouse mm. were they nuts are they like a good influence on that child on their child are they because that person's going to bring that into my house mm. so i've always had this conversation with myself is it better to have one child with like a new spouse and it's my child like my biological child, because I know I'll, I know again, like, you know, toot my own horn, but like, I know I'll be a good dad and I'll be a good role model and I'll be a good spouse. Um, and they won't have any of that backdrop. Or do I start with whomever, like, you know, I don't want to say issues because I, I hate the word baggage because it's usually tends to be used to, to be about children, which is, I think is the worst thing ever. Mm. Um, uh, so I don't have an answer for you. The answer is, is like, let me find the right person. And from there we'll decide together. And that's all I could recommend for anybody else. You know, it's a game to find that person that, you know, you, you could, you can love. And it's like, then again, what is it? It's a conversation. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and are most, most of the women that, that, uh, I mean, you mentioned being in a long, in, in a relationship for a couple of years, is it through the apps that you find that, you know, that you've been using to facilitate your dating life, if I could ask you, or has it been through, you know, mutual friends that are setting you up or, you know, how, how has it happened or different ways, different times type of thing? Well, I mean, it's mana from heaven. It doesn't happen for you. It's like, uh, it's, like a, it's like a super Mario game. It's like once I date, once I end the relationship, it's like, and then <laughs> no, just me. That's so weird. Yeah, uh, just you, just you, Brian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it is with, uh, I would say is the one that I've had the longest is somebody that I knew, but didn't know well. Hmm. And a friend of mine told me that she was going through a divorce. And anytime I hear somebody that I know that's going through a divorce, I feel like the need, I don't, not less, not less now, but there was a time where like my generation of friends in Michigan or didn't really have people like didn't have the, the Chevys that I like the person that I had that I went to. So I always would reach out and be like, been there, done that. If mm. you have any questions, I'm here to help. Um, and I did that with a handful of people and other people referred other people to me, you know, and kind of like just kind of helped each other, kind of mm. create our own little community of, you know, those who've been through it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and through that, it was, my, my kids are about to come in here because I hear them. Uh, so I'll just tell them to go into another room in a second. Sorry. Can you guys go into your room for a second? I'm just on the phone. All right, perfect. 
Um, the, you know, actually, let, let me actually move because, sorry about that, guys. All good. Because, uh, um, you got the TV room? Sensitive information, right? Um, let me turn this. Sorry. Um, how do we do this? There we go. But um, I'm not sure. But what I would tell you is, um, so yeah, in that particular situation, I actually did a Facebook message, did that. She's like, thank you. We chatted a little bit. And then like a month or two later, I kind of reached back out. And that was really my own legwork. Somebody told me she was going through it. And then it was my own legwork to create the first date. And then we, we dated for two years, part of it, of which was COVID. And it was probably, it was, it was quite an amazing feeling when you find somebody who you, after your spouse, you'd be like, wow, I can love again. Mm. Because like, you don't know, like when you go through divorce, like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Did I just, you know, you just feel like broken in many different ways. So, you know, so I give her a significant amount of props. Um, for allowing me to a love her and her loving me and it, just, it didn't work out um, but that doesn't make you know and I have no hard feelings for her and I hope she doesn't for me um, and but majority of the time yeah it's, it's swiping right and left which is quite quite crazy um, and I have also a, a really crazy thing is I don't know again don't I'd love to hear what your thoughts are I did not have I have like two single friends that have never been divorced or never been married take that mm. back nor divorced um <laughs> the uh and so majority of all of my friends are married with kids and now some of them have been divorced since then but majority of them not um so like if i went on a tuesday monday or tuesday when i'd be like hey let's go out for drinks or let's go out and do this or is that like like well they have a family they have their kids like it's not right. easy for them. like they could do it like ever sporadically so yep. guess who I found as like, where was I finding single people? People that I went on one, two, four dates with who are not my person, but they're really good people. Mm. So some people that I travel with are people that I met on Bumble, people that I met on uh, uh, J-Swipe, somebody that I met on Hinge or whatever these these apps are. Um, and I'm okay with that. You're a good person. You, you know, I'll keep you in my life. But to me, is like I'm a big believer of bringing as many good people in my life as possible it may not be my lifetime person or my lifetime partner doesn't mean you can't be my friend mm. or it can't be yours wow so yeah so uh, whatever uh, i'm not i i'm i don't know i'm looking for a role model and a life partner and marriage and my my dream as a child it's still my dream um so that's where i stand um so i feel like i don't know yoel has more experience in this regard uh as far as what's out there and how that is and i guess life experience in that area well, ben how long have you been divorced uh like two and a half years Okay. Uh, when you say more experience in that regard, you're referring to dating? Yeah. Okay. Do you find it, you live in Israel, correct? Yeah. Do you find it difficult? Because to me, it's like Israel sounds, to me, it seems like it'd be like the winter wonderland of dating, like New York City. <laughs> everybody's, 
everybody's fit in Israel. Like in, in Michigan, it's like the most obese state on earth. <laughs> um, no, I hear you. Anybody listening to Michigan? <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Um, I don't know. I've been trying to survive pretty much the last two and a half years. So yeah. I'm still, right, I'm so, still in that but stage. That, but that's, but that's the beauty of we're all individuals, right? There were like the first year I, I was forcing myself to do things that I probably didn't want to do or were, nor was I ready to do, but I felt like I needed to do the motions to get through it. Um, and I, everybody's motions are different. Everybody's emotions are different and everybody's motions are different, right? So we all need to look at ourselves and decide what do we need to do. Sometimes that's just like, work i mean like i believe i've worked a ton on communicating like i over communicate everything like everybody knows how i feel when i feel it um <laughs> because like i feel like that's how important it is and that's how lacking i was um yeah. and you know it could be for business or it could just be like kids like hey i just want whatever it is everything is kids all the time but i would what i would venture to tell you is you need to worry about you too because if you can't be the uh, the best you you can't be the best dad you can't be the best future partner for for that for that person when you find her. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't agree more, Brian. And, and Ben and I have had this discussion a lot. And um, yeah, like I, you know, I've talked about it in the sense of, you know, maybe this is a bit more. I call it like you know, heebie-jeebie style. But I've talked a lot about the whole idea of identity. And and uh, I don't know if this is different than what you're saying. If you'll find it different or similar, but. You know, I always say that definitely being a dad is extremely important to me. Of course, I love my kids. I've got five kids. I also, my oldest is also 19, a boy, not a girl and, or a man, I should say at this point, or versus a woman <laughs> that you have. Uh, it, but, um, but, but, but being a dad, being a dad, I don't consider that my identity. Like I I've learned, you know, mostly since I've sort of gotten to be more conscious since my divorce, that there's much more to me than just being a dad. And that for me is very much tied to what you're saying about taking care of myself and doing things, uh, doing things for myself. Um, that's not to say that I lead the most exciting life necessarily. I'm not jumping out of airplanes every day, but even like you were saying before, like in the very beginning, I was, you know, taking a, a you know, a weekend vacation every two months. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to live in, in the Middle East with a climate where I could go to the beach, which is pretty close by. And, um, you know, Ben was referring to, to dating. So I also like, I, I don't, I definitely was not ready, but I, I definitely started dating pretty quickly uh, after divorce. Um, that's a whole other story. But um, so, you know, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. If I if I understood you correctly, it's kind of like sort of making sure that you're taking care of your own needs, which will, in essence, allow you to be the best possible father in, in return. Is that kind of what you were also saying in a similar idea? 100 percent. I mean, yeah. it's like the end of the day is like you, you, whether it be you know, any any me mechanical thing in life, right? So you, whether it be like your car, you don't put in gas, you don't change the oil, you don't fix the carburetor, doesn't work. Right. Um, your own, you know, whether it be your own spiritual needs, your own physical needs, your own personal mental health needs, you need to take care of yourself. How are you going to, how could you constantly run on empty and then have, in your case, five children to take care of? Ben, you have three or uh, five. Also five. Five. All right. For some reason, maybe like, couldn't remember the last pictures that I saw. Um, <laughs> so five. Okay. So like, you know, between, you know, the two, you know, the three of us, we have uh, 14 beautiful kids. Um, so without like, you know, again, 
taking care of ourselves. Um, and I think it's really kids look at that. Kids are constantly looking at their parents and be like, oh, do, you, do we eat well? Do we not? Do we travel well? Do we not? Do we go to the, you know, you know, religious schools? Do we not? Whatever. Whatever it is that are important in our lives, that's what they're constantly looking at. Um, and they want and they do. They model after that. I remember growing up the first three, like I'm one of six. And, you know, as you have more and more kids, things get more expensive. So we used to go on really, really nice vacations with the first three of us. And then suddenly we started going from like California and Disney World and Hawaii. And then we were going to Cedar Point in uh, Sandusky, Ohio, to <laughs> Canada's Wonderland. And we had, by all means, if I look back and I'd be like, I have no complaints about my childhood. It was actually a quite amazing childhood. Um, but I always wanted, you know, like, you know, I, my friends, like they were traveling to Europe, they were doing other things. Um, or, and, and all of that as like, uh, you know, as, as, or you'd be like, my father was the president of the shul. He was very involved in the community. Well, I wanted to, because I wanted to be like my dad. He always played sports. I love playing sports. Um, so our kids see the things that we're doing. So if you're taking care of yourself, they're seeing that. It's important to you. You're, uh, if you're, whether, if, if mental health is like, because for so long, mental health was like taboo. Talking about mm. it was very, very taboo. Therapy and then also, suddenly, right? Going, going to see a therapist. Sorry to cut you off, Brian, right? Like that, that would tie into mental health, wouldn't it? Oh, like, for sure. 1,000%. Yeah. I think grow, in our childhood, it was like, and it's not normal. Now it's yeah. like the opposite. It's like, oh, you're not normal if you don't have a therapist. Uh, <laughs> very, very how well could said. you be normal? You're not talking to anybody. Right, uh, right. But, um, and it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be a good friend, but being able to talk through your issues with somebody. Um, and, but also to tie into to y'all is, is uh, at least for me, um, and again, it's very, very different because every community is different and every individual is different. Um, but, you know, at least for my, my two cents is modern Orthodox Jewish life is geared towards husband, wife, children, community. Totally. So once you follow through, once there, you know, there's no husband, there's no wife on, on opposite weekends, how are like, you know, you like when you don't have your kids, how are you treated in the community? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't believe I've been mistreated in the community. I think actually my community is quite amazing. But do I want to spend all that time with my friends and their kids when I don't have my kids um and that and then you start like again don't know what you guys do but like to me is like Shabbat is a different experience today when I don't have my children than when I when I when I did um when I travel without my kids it's a different experience than when I do um and that's not how it was when I was married because like everything else was quite normal. But to have a 24 or 36 hour period, whatever it is, is like, and be by yourself. And again, some people, it's very, very easy not to turn on a television or not to play on your phone or not to do whatever those things that everybody else in the world does. And maybe when you're, when you're religious, you don't do. Um, and I would tell you without, you know, beating an eyelash. Um, and apparently this is recorded and other people could see is, I do those things because it's like those, what is important in life to me is different today than it was before. And, and a part of that is just life experience to me is being a good human, right? Being a good role model, being a good friend, showing up for the people around me, showing up for my community when they need me, not like, oh, is my light on in my refrigerator on Shabbat? Or did I, you know, watch a game when I didn't? Now, again, 
for those people that do those things, I love them just like I loved them before. And I hope that they would love me just like they loved me before, whether they knew or I do or did not do those things. Most of my friends, honest truth, whether they would admit it on a recording uh, or not, most of my <laughs> friends do those things. They just don't tell people that they do those things. <laughs> um, but uh, and it, it's, it's just, it's funny, but like, it, it is what it is. Like those things are less important, especially as I'm finding somebody, Ben, you know, I don't know where you're at in that process. It is tough, maybe less so in Israel, but it is tough to find like so, we're already a needle in a haystack in terms of like a dating pool, in terms of like a religious, modern, Orthodox Jew. Like you try to find that with somebody divorced, five kids, like it's tough. So you have to then I would say it's more, more people. I date more conservative reform women and the idea is like they have to be open to the way I live and I have to be open to the way they live. Now, I may do some things that they, and, and I'm OK with that. Um, because I want, I just, I really just want a good human and a good role model and a loving, caring person. Those are so hard the, to find the, outside of it. The irony in all of it is I always said I could not move to Israel until I was married because there were too many fish in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that turned now out it's, well. It's, it's way difficult. No, I mean, like the idea is there's a lot, but like, it's way more difficult um, there's too many people. I don't know, like y'all, what your thoughts are. Like, like I, I, I'm open and honest. Like on my app, it says that you know I have kids. Like, I, like there's always yeah. like a game. Like, do you tell them now? Do you tell them later? Like, why tell them now if I don't like them? I'll go on a it's, date. If it's like Yoel's favorite game. Oh yeah, I love. <laughs> I I always joke, you know, like I on the first of all the apps. You know, I'm I'm dating somebody now, but we met like the old fashioned way. Just at it, it wasn't even a a, a, a Sabbath table. It was a, a regular weekday meal. Funny enough, as it is, um, the apps themselves, I I you know I've not been too too into them. But on the apps, I definitely mentioned that I have kids. But I always joke like you know, prior to to dating the person I'm dating now, when I did, you know, when I would meet women and I and I would sense some interest in the discussion, I would always sort of like feel that sort of pending doom the minute the subject of like children came up not that I'm not proud of my kids but I just knew because virtually every time I you know they would they would ask me oh so you have kids I'm like yeah how many five I would instantly see like the faces just like drop obviously not everybody because the person I'm going out with now <laughs> she's cool with it but uh and I'm sure there's many women that are totally cool with it but uh, the reality is it has been, uh, you know, for yeah. many people are intimidated by that, which I understand. I, I can't fault somebody for, for feeling that way, you know? No, so. I mean, better to, uh, it's like the, the premise is also is like, you know, like me for me first, make sure you like me. Right. right? And then the rest kind of like will fall into place. But it is like, if you have no kids or if you have one kid, like they're, it makes it difficult. And then, right. and, 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 but that's just the reality of life. So, um, and as our kids age, may, I'm not sure if it becomes easier or less easy. I, you know, I don't know that it does or it doesn't. So, uh, so I hope, you know, it works out. And then, you know, I, I, I thought I had my last first date and uh, unfortunately that did not work out. Mm. Um, but how, uh, how was it? I'm, I'm curious, you know, because something I've talked a lot about as well is, um, you know, I was married for 18 years and, you know, I've kind of, I've had this feeling that I could, you know, I've been open about this, the pain that, that I've experienced, you know, in, in terms of losing, you know, in terms of the marriage going south. And, you know, I, I, I feel that there's no relationship that 
would make me feel the same amount of pain if it didn't work out. So I'm just curious, like, you know, you've been there, like you had a two year relationship and unfortunately, like you said, it, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Um, do you feel that because you've kind of gone through what you went through in terms of divorce after so many years of marriage that, you know, you're kind of, I'm trying to think of the right words. I don't want to say like maybe thicker skinned. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the pain of divorce, you know, kind of makes the pain of a breakup much less so. Does that make sense what I'm asking? I don't know if I'm being clear. It's also, it's almost one so, in the morning. So my, my thought, so, my thoughts are not. <laughs> so yeah, so, you know, good. I guess I appreciate you guys doing this. No, I appreciate uh, you being uh, here. And sure. in, in my, you know, in my old age, one, look, I don't have uh, the wherewithal anymore. Like my knees mm -hmm. hurt when I play basketball, uh, you know, and uh, I've got Ben uh, pushing like, me. Really that, that's what Ben's for. <laughs> right. Um. I, you know, I, I'm a very big believer. Oh, it's, again, me. Uh, not every everybody's like so different. Every every individual is so unique in their own way. Yeah. So, like, I, I I love hard. I love deep. I'm intimate. Uh, like all these like things in a relationship. Like you know, if I if I'm like if I'm in it, I'm in it. Like there is no like there's there is no like you know uh, second gear. It's like mm. full throttle. Like you, you know, like I will do anything for you whenever I can, however I can. Um, so if you're in a relationship like that and it, and it doesn't work out, it hurts. But when it hurts, you know that it was real, at least to me. That's how I know it was real. Because mm -hmm. if it didn't hurt, like, it's like, you know, um, a tree like falls in the forest and you didn't make a sound. Like, you know, like, but like the, like to me is like the, it, it, it was not, I, honestly, I, if I look back, I would say is I probably hurt more. Um, and I don't, and it's a weird thing. What, to hurt, say. More? Sorry, what, what hurt more? Sorry. Uh, the, that last breakup. Wow. Wow. Um, because I, I also, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was able to picture the rest of my life. Mm. Who's that person to be in the rest of my life? Her mm. daughter used to FaceTime me like literally twice a day that went away. Wow. Um, so that took a long time wow. to process. And like, I mean, it also happened around the same exact time, like two weeks after, like my father passed away. So like, mm. it was like a double whammy and right. like, but that my father, unfortunately, like I knew it was happening. Like it was, it was unfortunate and an eventuality. Mm. So I knew that was going to happen whether sooner rather than later. I did not think that I was, I was designing a ring with her sister. I, I asked her parents wow. permission. And so to me, it came out of the blue. Like I did not know that was like so like and but like again i learned a ton from the experience mm. um i was not ready for that i did not expect it um but at the same token is i would do it all over again in a heartbeat because i know how i felt when i was in that relationship and it felt quite amazing wow so talking about doing things over again i've been having this thought i guess the last week or so about i guess when you're with somebody so long, you have these shared memories in certain places and things that you do. Have you, and like kind of the, the trauma of experiencing them again. Um, and what I've sort of kind of been doing, like I took my kids to San Diego um, where we lived when we first got married and we actually stayed in the same town and, and I went to the same synagogue uh, with the kids this time. And it was kind of like cathartic for me 
to like create new memories of those places um instead of every time i think about them i think of what was and what what could have been and and et cetera, et cetera. Have either of you experienced that or have any of that trauma from from going? Like you live in Detroit and you've been in Detroit and it sounds like your new person was also in Detroit. Like you must have memories everywhere you go. Hmm. So like, how do you deal with that? So I, think, I think that's a good question. I think everything dissipates in time, right? They say as time, time heals all wounds. Um, and, and yeah, I do like, I, and I don't necessarily truly believe that. Cause I actually remember using that line in several emails to my ex-girlfriend who she probably was not happy that she got so many emails. Cause like, I was not ready to let go. Mm. Um, and like, you know, they're like, you know, she, cause it was like, yeah, don't worry in due time. Everybody says that. Right. And I'm like, but it honestly, for me, time helps circumstance helps finding somebody else or being able to like you know, envision it. Um, I'm a very big believer of manifest destiny and the premise of manifest destiny, not necessarily, you know, the origin of manifest destiny. <laughs> mm. um, but the, you know, the idea of what we have the ability of creating. So envision what you want, go after it, create it yourself because nobody else is going to create it for you. So you, again, you're an individual who has shared memories and those memories are very hurtful now. I used to do that going to the movies. That's silly. I go to the movies with my kids every Thursday, most Thursdays. Oh, it's really? Oh, that's awesome. I'm a big movie guy too. Uh, Amazing. That's cool. And um, okay. But it was weird. Like, you know, you'd see everybody, the husband, wife, kids, and mm. like suddenly I'm husband or whatever, dad, whatever. Again, so that, but I'd see that and it would be like, whoa, that's like, an, and I would have an emotional response. I'd have an emotional response to like what I was telling you before to in the movies this is like a fake like you know like fictitious <laughs> like but happy people like at a christmas I, table at a hanukkah I, table, whatever i, ch I change oh, channel all the time ah you don't you don't know how many times i cry i'm a very emotional very much like you like i cried hundreds thousands of times um and i still do that like you know like it just it doesn't matter i go to a funeral that i don't know from a person but i hear their story and i cry mm. um so i have a significant emotional response all I could, all I could tell you is like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a negative person. I don't wish ill on anybody, myself included. Um, yes. Do I have memories? Yes. I like looking at like old pictures and the, that's like the cruelty of Facebook, right? The cruelty of Facebook is constantly giving me like old memories of mm. like, uh, of myself and my ex spouse. Um, but those, those, those aren't bad memories. Those are still good memories. So everything is the ability of saying like, you could look at it. And I, I actually, this is something I tell my kids all the time is about reframing and also the lens that you, you use to look at the world. We have the ability to choose the lens. So you, you could wake up every single day. I mean, you know this in Israel, let alone anywhere else in the world, you know, wake up every single day and look at the atrocities that's going on the horrible things that people are doing, the corporations that are doing, the politicians that are doing, doesn't matter, people being raped and killed, whatever it is. We could wake up and we could not want to get out of bed because look at all these terrible things. Or we have the ability of waking up and looking at all the beautiful things. Now, the reality of life is that it's a mixture of the both. But like, I don't listen to them. I don't actually watch the news other than business news. I don't watch the news. It's my choice because I don't want to know about those things. I know they exist. Mm. But how, how is that helping me? Right. So like you 
you have a choice in my mind, Ben, of looking at those memories and be like, oh, those are traumatizing because they included somebody who's not, I'm not with anymore. Or you could be like, wow, we created amazing memories with our kids, for our kids at that time. Um, and, um, and now we're here making new ones. Those memories were not bad memories, unless somebody was yelling and screaming and beating your child, which I don't think is what you're referring to, is they just include somebody who you're not with anymore. And again, I don't know the whole story, your whole story, and everybody's story is a little bit different. Um, some are like like really bad, and some of them are less bad, and some of them are just like, I, most of them are probably somewhere average in the middle. Um, I don't look at my divorces like, you know, it's not a negative. It's just something it is. At, when we decided to go through it, it was the right thing to do. And how do we make the best of it? Because this is what's happening. So I could be angry all the time. And I could be mad at the world. And I could be mad at the spouse. I could be mad at like the, the, the attorney. Or I could be like, you know what? Those things are out of my control. What is in my control is my own happiness, my kids' happiness showing up, doing all those things. Again, if, if, making, if it, making new memories is what's important to you, do that. If you need to recreate them, those same ones, do that. For me personally, I come to Florida all the time. We always came to Florida. We always did all these things. We go, go to the beach. We did like, but every time I go to the beach, am I gonna, I don't, I don't know, it actually doesn't cross my mind to be like, oh, she used to be here. And she's not now, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm, I'm personally not going through that anymore. And, um, and I don't know that it was really specific to like a place. It was more a togetherness. And, and until I was able to break that, the idea is, is those happiness doesn't come. Like, it's like, we don't need these two people to be together to be happy. I could be happy. She could be happy. Our kids can be happy in both houses. Um, and uh, I don't know, that's the way that, I yeah, try no, to it, 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 it sounds like you're very lucky that you had a lot of we involved in all of this. And that well, changes that changes perspective a lot. Well, well, that actually that that was kind of my question. And I'm not speaking about Ben or myself, you know, but I would ask you generally, let's say for for our audience out there who may feel that they've had a different experience in terms of their relationship or uncoupling with their ex-spouse. Let's say there was animal, and again, I'm not speaking of either of us. I'm just speaking, you know, in generalities. <clears throat> Excuse me, in generalities. Um, if let's say they had a very sort of acrimonious divorce and communication, ongoing communications are difficult. Do you feel, Brian, that one can still take the approach that you've had to say, well, you know, despite what's going on now, that's something, yes, that I have to contend with and find a way to to handle to the best that I can but I can still look back at past good times that we had and sort of reframe that. Like, do you believe, my question is, do you believe what you were saying would only work in the context of a, an amicable type of divorce? And again, I don't know the full context of your situation either, but generally speaking, or is it something that you feel that somebody could really apply regardless of, of his or her situation? I think we all know people who, who had it really terrible and some of them that had it pretty easy and then some are that have been like somewhere in between. And um, there are moments in time, I learned a ton throughout mine, 
there's moments in time where I was like not a happy person, like uh, what how it was going through it. So, or it was just like to me, it's like going to the 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 dentist. Like you know, I have like this gut like gut reaction to the smell of the dental office, and I just like, mm. and I have that same reaction now going if I ever have to go in or pass my divorce attorney's office. Mm. So it's not like everything was like just like you know rosy. Mm. Um, and it was super easy mm. um, during that process. It was actually quite difficult and tough, but we got through it. There were moments in time where we had to kind of kick the divorce, the, the attorneys out of it and kind of <laughs> just push things forward on our own. Um, honestly, like, you know, when you can do that, some people can't be in the same room. Some people can't talk. Some people have literally for a multitude of different reasons. It's just about who's yelling the loudest. Um, and those are real situations and they're hard. And when you're going through them, they're gut wrenching and you, you know, may cry, like whatever, you'll have an emotional response. Um, so it is, all those things are difficult. I can't tell you, I, I don't know that I throw away, you know, shared memories, but like, you know, I, I, so those memories will be with you till the end of the time. Um, and those memories, if they were happy memories for you at that time, they were, they were real happy memories. Um, you know, and then over the course of time, you know, like, like any memories, certain ones fade and some of them rise to the top. Um, my, there are times in life that you as an individual need to be tough mm. and you need to not be a pushover and you need to do what you believe is right for your children. And sometimes that can be very contentious. Mm. I would tell you, though, my personal belief is many times those feelings are just feelings and it's not the reality. And when I say that is that you think this is right. But I'll give you an example. I have a friend who has been divorced twice. So she has two kids with one and one kid with another. And the her first divorce was very amicable and get along great. They like, you know, and her second one, not so great. Father doesn't listen to the court. Father doesn't like communicate well. Father berates her father. Like, so it's, so everything is always has to go through the court. And all she wishes is that, you know, this, this second spouse who's a doctor and he's like very like accomplished, you know, could just act like an adult. But he can't for whatever reason, like, you know, so she has a choice. She has a choice is like, what do I do? I need to fight for what I believe is right for my child. So I have to hire an attorney. I have to yell and scream louder than you have to yell and scream. Mm. That's not good for anybody. All I could, I guess I could ask for any parent who's watching this is that don't make your kids privy to that. And that the harder thing is, is like, you may have one spouse who'd be like, berating you to their kids you know and that's tough i'm blessed that that's not my situation i will not berate my my ex i will not she doesn't berate me um we may not disagree may not agree on everything but that's never been the case um but i would say is just keep them out of it like the idea is show up for them always both of you and that, that's something you could actually have a conversation about doesn't mean that they'll listen but the idea is is again it just goes back to mimicking kids are not stupid mm. if mom if mom wants to berate dad so be it doesn't mean that you have to berate mom kids will see it kids you know always see it um and but kids will also ask questions 
And you could have that as a conversation. It's like, yeah, mom is angry for whatever reason. I can't act that way. I will not act that way, which also is somewhat passive aggressive, but like that you have to do whatever you feel need, you need to do um, in those situations. So nothing is in a perfect world. You could only, you could only control yourself um, and the way that, you know, you want to be, it's like, you know, treat others like the way you want to be treated. You know, you could only do that, but there are times where, uh, and I've seen this with lawyers, like I, I, my ex had a lawyer who's, who felt that, you know, because she's yelling the loudest that she's winning. I'd be like, you're not only is she yelling, she's making stuff up. Mm. So then I needed to, you know, at a certain point in time, I was very, very passive. I'd be like, whatever you want, take like those things aren't like, I'm good at making money. You want money? There, take it. Like, and then at a certain point in time, it was like, well, now I'm being taken advantage of constantly. I'm like, okay, anytime you want something, you know, hire an attorney because that costs you money, not me anymore. And then suddenly those things stop. Like, you know, so there was a time where it was very easy. And then there was a time where like, I can't make it so easy. Um, But it always like comes back to like, my kids never knew anything about that. They never saw it. They never heard it. They never needed to. Um, Because all I wanted, again, I want their life to be smooth. I want their, their, their vision of their mom, their vision of their dad to be, no different than it was before, even though life has changed. Life has changed and it will change. And you want to be able to openly honest communicate with them. And you should constantly ask them how they're feeling. And like, it doesn't matter what age, because like, you know, sometimes they just don't want, they feel it's like a burden to you. They don't want to bring it up because I could see you hurting as the parent. But it's our job to make sure that they're just like, we need to make sure we're like taking care of ourselves, that we're also taking care of their needs, not only physical needs, but also like their, mental emotional needs yeah and speaking about that have your has your parenting changed at all has your relationships was it different after the divorce with the kids better worse different uh, i mean we've definitely enforced corporal punishment now no, i'm just kidding <laughs> probably shouldn't say that on that uh, i'll, um, I'll no. cut it out don't cut worry it out. Cut okay. it out. i will cut it out but uh no um you know what we're so different like so there's so many i'll give you a good example which has nothing to do with parent parenting but like i'm relative if you go into my house today i'm somewhat ocd not like clinically ocd but i like things clean and you my, my roommate complains. what i said you were my roommate <laughs> yeah um so i like things orderly i like things clean and i like you know whatever i just like i like to know where please please things are and my kids would always complain we don't live in a uh in a museum um and i have a beautiful i'd blessed to have a beautiful house and i'd be like when you're with me you live in a museum clean up after yourself put your stuff (laughs) in the hamper make your beds i don't ask for a lot and i have a housekeeper so like you know um but it's funny so but when i lived with my ex she was the exact opposite so like i kind of just like all right like it was like I'd have to take the anxiety meds, not really, but like, you know, just because I, I can never saw the floor of my, my closet, like things were cluttered everywhere. Um, and um, so like, not like, again, my house is like super clean. Like I didn't have that before. So they, they see the differential there. Um, parental style is like, I have to imagine the answer is yes. Um, I want to say, and not in a good or a bad way, think both parents like certain things are really important but certain things are less important to me i mean like grades are important but like you know 
you know, life is important. Like being able to like play basketball and do those other things. Like, like I had to let them stay up late when maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe they're a little bit tired because I like to do a movie night or a game night or, a, you know, and it was always, 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 told, you don't have to be the fun dad. I'd be like, I could be like just a dad. I'm not trying to be the fun dad. I'm just trying to be dad. And like, this is the way that I parent just doesn't mean that, you know, when you parent, you'll parent differently. Um, and that morphs and changes constantly. It does because like, I, you know, I've, I've had different challenges with each of my children and I'm, you know, again, they're just, yeah, everybody's different. Um, you know, and, um, and, and trying to help each of them go like, you know, r- rise up to those challenges. Um, and I would do that maybe a little bit differently than my ex. Um, eventually we have to come together because certain things need to be solved. But again, we're blessed to be able to rise above and, and kind of just go get to the root of it. And I know that is like, again, like it's not, not everybody has that. So I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, to be one of those people, even though like there are moments in time where it's not as easy as I'm making it. Um, but I would say for, for the most part is we're on the same page. Nice. So on that note, we, we have a kind of a segment that we like to do, which is called your too dad to quit moment, a moment where you're like, you were like, man, I am the dad. I am shining as a father. This is like one of my favorite things. I'm moments I'm never going to forget. And we would love for you to share one of those moments with us. So it's funny because like if I would look at those moments, I don't know that those are like, you know, divorce dad moments. No, right? they're just dad moments. Right? It doesn't have to be after so the divorce. Like, you know, so to me is first of all, having my daughter, right? That was my first child 19 years ago. I was 20, I was 23 years old and holding her in my hands. And I'd be like, there's literally nothing in this world that I wouldn't do for her. And I think she would actually honestly tell you that today because she knows that the struggles that she's had and not good and bad, like, you know, showing up. And my, my thing to my kids are you show up for the people you love. And that's not only your parents, that is not only your siblings, but that is for like the people that are like your people. Um, and I believe all my kids know them. That's, and, and those are the things that I really want to like, give over to them. So it's like holding your first child and, and feeling that. And I would say it's like, it, it goes you know, to that and really in, in every aspect, like in different stages when you see a child or, uh, or your child, you know, struggle in anything. And you just want to be that dad. I'm going to make it better. And sometimes making it better makes it worse, right? Because like you need to mm-hmm. teach that child to like be able to fix that problem themselves. But that's the initial gut reaction that I have every single time. Give me that struggle. Give me that anxiety. Give me that depression. Whatever it is, God, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I will rise above. I don't want that on my child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have those moments all the time in terms of like, you know, different struggles that each of them have. And blessed, like there's not a ton of them. Um, my kids are just really good kids very smart kids but there are moments in time where they're they are struggling and you just like need to like stop what you're doing like there's been this year alone has been somewhat different struggles in our in our family dynamic um some of it was with my children some of it was with my ex um in terms of like health issues and i was in arizona where i was in los angeles and i needed to cut my five-day weekend short by three days and fly home and show up for my family and that's that's what we do that's what you know you know there there isn't a, a down day like if my daughter calls me on a day that she's supposed to be with my mom her mom she's like dad i need to come to your house i'd be like sorry 
I got a date. No, like you know, just come over. Do you need me to pick you up? Do you what, what do you want? What do you need? How do you need it? What do you, you know, like? What ice cream do you want me to pick up? Whatever it is, we show up, and um, and that to me is just being a good dad, a good parent, a good human. Yeah, um, my my oldest I, has, I and my oldest has been pushing back on me recently, where I'm like, clear the table or can you help cook dinner? And she's like, no, I'm the kid. I'm like, yeah. And I'm the father who's supposed to teach you how to live on your own. So please go do the dishes. <laughs> and it's been this, uh, I don't know, something about this year that it's, uh, it's, she's 14 now. So that's, that's our latest. And, and it, you know, Hey, can you go grab the clothes in the, or, or clean up the bathroom or whatever? And they, the response is, no, I don't want to. I'm going to go on my phone or go play in the park. And I say, no. You know, the, in, the intriguing thing to, to that statement, I'd love to say, is that your daughter is super unique in that regard. She's not. Um, in a <laughs> sense, where, like, I give you, like my 10-year-old, who since he was seven, I offered my children $5 a week to make their beds and clean up their clothes on their floor in the evening and at night to make sure it's in their, in their uh, hamper. Pretty simple. Probably takes less than five minutes. It's $20 a month. Yep. My seven-year-old has never missed a month. Gets his 20. Not only that, like the first day possible, he's like, Can I, where's my 20 bucks? That's like this. <laughs> uh, yep. I have three other kids that have an easy $20. Now, granted, they do know that their dad is a pushover and pretty much get them whatever they want anyways. But it's an extra 20 bucks. And like it's a con every day I have to go to I'm like, like, why isn't your bed made? It's like, what do I need to make my bed? I'm going to sleep in it tonight. Why do I need to put it in my, it's my room. If I want it messy, why can't it be messy? And I'd be like, first of all, there's going to be a time you're going to be living with other people. And it's not, it's not courteous. And, and also, I'm also a very big believer of the way that you set the tone of your day. So if you have the ability of being organized, that's the type of like, you know, you have the ability of, I don't say, succeeding more or less in life. That's not necessarily true. But the idea is like set the tone for your day. In your, you know, you know, in a more organized fashion, um, and two thirds, really three fourths of the time, which is three out of four of my kids, you know, take that with a deaf ear, and they're like, "Eh, what do you know, Dad?" <laughs> like, so this uh, is this is the time to uh, teach your son how to make a pretty penny. So, you know, no, really, what he should do is he should uh, do it for his siblings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> That's so what I'm my, saying. No, my 13 year old has been hustling baseball, basketball. I mean, I think he made like three, four thousand dollars this year about trading cards. So that's a crazy. He's like, Dad, you're only giving me 20 bucks. He's like, Yeah, hey, I'm making three grand on my own. I don't need your money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. But, um, so, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, so we really want to, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the podcast, you nailed it in the beginning, is to, you know, we went through something and if there's anything that we could do to make it better or easier or stop it um, for anyone else who's going through it or thinking about going through a divorce. Um, so any advice that you could share to someone who's thinking about it, we actually have 20% of our listeners are women. Um, so, you know, if it helps one save one marriage or or make this process easier for one person, you know it's worth so, it. I mean, several things. You you know, the, the, it's always like a saying, like it takes a village, and it does. And, and you know, marriage takes a village, divorce takes a village. 
life takes a village, right? And just having good people, surrounding yourself with good people that you could trust. Um, be honest and open and honest with yourself, with your own flaws. Like most people can't have a hard time understanding their part, um, but recognize there's always two parties um, and try to see things from the other person's perspective. Seek help. At the end of the day, that's also, you know, in divorce, seeking help is the idea is like, the, the hardest thing is you need two people to want to seek help. So whether it be the, you, know, you need both parties saying, I want it to work. I want to try. The moment where I realized where well, we tried, but that one didn't, wasn't willing to put in the continuous effort, that was when I was like, okay, we need to part because I, I don't want my kids to see that, right? I don't want my kids to, that's not the, what I, the, the way that I want them to view what marriage is. You know, it, you know, and it's not just two people living under one roof calling mom and dad. That's not marriage. That's not love. That's not intimacy. That's not like what I, so if you're, first of all, if you're in a, like a situation that it's dire, ask for help. If you need to bring in the, you know, call the police, call the police, right? They, you know, whenever you call a doctor and they, you know, it says like, if you're in immediate danger, go seek help. So first of all, that and and seek help, you know, whether you're in, in that situation. And hopefully, most people are not in that type of dire situation. Um, but also seek help. Find find your Chevys of the world. Find your you know Ben Yoles of the world that are willing. I have no problem. Total honesty. You could post on your your page my email address um, or my Facebook account. Like I honestly, like if I could help anybody and and everybody, I would I do it in a heartbeat. And that's kind of like kind of like morphed in, in Michigan's like anybody who's going through man, man or woman uh, going through it, I, I'll, I'll sit and grab a drink with you. Mm. Um, granted, I will tell you, honestly, like there's several like husbands that got angry with me that uh, I went to drinks with their spouse because they thought I was taking them on a date and I was really just mm. helping them through their divorce. Uh, <laughs> mm. <That's tricky>. um, <laughs> but neither here nor there. So like, I'll, I, I will still do that all day long because like, that's just like, you know, I know who I am and I'm, I'm going to help. I'm just somebody who's willing to help. Um, the other thing is uh, I, I would tell you is like, nobody wants to be talked down to. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Nobody wants to be. So if you're going to communicate with your spouse, which is the parent of your child, right? Like the father or mother of your child, um, that will not go well, right? So just like you don't want to be yelled at, don't yell at somebody. You want to communicate it, don't communicate it in front of your children. Um, do it in a safe spot. If you have to leave and get a babysitter and go discuss these things, so be it. Like, do like I, we don't yell in front of, I don't, I mean, like I don't just, I'm not a yeller in general. Like, um, we didn't have verbal abuse or physical abuse in my marriage. We don't have like, you know, berating. Don't do that because that there's no positive outcome to it. Like you try to use that as leverage. It ends up being like a negative. Um, it'll come out as court as a negative. Look what they're doing. Um, doesn't, won't make you look good. Um, if you have the ability of using them or like going to arbitration versus using a bunch of divorce lawyers, again, nothing wrong with the divorce lawyers, but it, it's, it's very expensive. <clears throat> and majority of the time, they're the ones that are like making out better than necessarily what you're making out. Um, in many instances, you need it because you just can't communicate. Um, but also recognize if and when if this is the right thing for you. Um, there is life after. Um, the world is not ending. You are going to mm -hmm. be okay. Some people, it'll take six months. Some people will take a year. Some people will take three years. Um, but uh, there is life after divorce. It is, you know, uh, and 
I would just say I have a, you know, it's hard to have a positive outlook because you're going through something so traumatic, but have, I would, I would tell you is reframe. It's like mm. we're starting over. Um, there's a lot of, you know, positives like to have in your own time. There's a lot of positive focusing your energy on your children and your career. Um, and don't, don't have, you know, you'll always have woe is me, but don't inwardly blame yourself. It's so easy to be like, oh, if I did this differently, it, this wouldn't have happened. Not, there's no one instance. I mean, sometimes there may be, but like majority of the times, there's no one instance that led to this or, or one instance that could save this. Um, you have to do your part and, and just recognize also is, is for future relationships, dig deep, go back, look, look back at what happened and what do you, how do you see yourself? What did you do wrong? You know, it's not going to, you're not trying to fix it anymore. Well, how could I personally be, become a better person, better father, better human, better colleague, better friend? What are the things that, that I was missing? What are the things that I, you know, and being able to do that work. It's funny. I had a conversation with, with somebody on a dating app recently and she's like, I only date divorced dads. And I'm like, it's so <laughs> interesting. She's never been married, no kids. She's like, they've done the work. None of the single guys do the work. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's. That's, that's awesome. a first. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So watch out actually for her. No. <laughs> 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 wow. Well, thank you. And we didn't get into what you're doing now. Is it the same job you've had the whole time since you were out of college? Or is this some a new venture? What, what are you up to now? Because we do like to also uh, highlight, you know, that you guys dads that were able to succeed and continue life after. And so, you know, from what I understand, you've been able to do that. And we'd like to hear a bit about that as well. Um, so again, like I think anything can derail something positive. So you, we have the ability of saying, is this the end of the world hmm. or is it not? I did not believe my divorce is the end of the world. Now, didn't mean that it was easy. Didn't mean that I ha didn't have a hard time with you know, a number of these things. Um, so yes, right out of college, I worked at UBS and as a financial advisor and I worked with my cousin, my cousin Howard, who's an amazing guy who's about to retire. Um, and I worked with him for two and a half years. I then moved on to a larger team within UBS. They then started their own company. I stayed on. Um, and again, over time, it's good, bad, the ugly. Uh, happened. I, I actually lost my job once and that was like tough because I had my after long story I had to sue the company because but um but ultimately that was actually the worst part, part of my life I was like oh my god like I, I always thought that I was going to be at a company for 30 years my dad was at a company for 30 years um and and like some my boss was throwing me under the bus for something that he was supposed to do and uh again I was able to overcome that and I was able to do that with the, with the the love and help of my parents and my in-laws and my spouse at the time. But I had I just had my second child and I just had my bought my first house, lost my job. Wow. What do you do? Wow. So you step up. I got on the phone. I called the people that I knew in the industry. Within six weeks, I had a new job um, at J.P. Morgan, um, and all of my clients from UBS came with me. Wow. Um, which was a testament to, to me as a, what I believed me as a human. Um, and then I was at JP Morgan for six and change years and I moved my practice to Morgan Stanley. That was right around the time. So that was 
that was in 2011, I believe. I was there for just under 12 years, you know, 11 and change years. <clears throat> and, um, and now I'm at Wells Fargo uh, Private Client Group. So ultimately, along the way, I started out with zero, no clients. And along the way, now my part, my team and I manage just under a billion dollars of client monies. And, wow. and year over year, and, 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 I, and it's not, I don't want to say it's anything to do with the divorce, but at the end of the day is, you know, the last six years, I've grown my, my, my business significantly. Um, and, it, and I wouldn't say it, is, it, it was definitely harder there because I was going through emotional trauma. It's harder. My father was sick for, for a good year. Um, but I also had extra time during those days. I was able to, I now travel more and see my clients more often. Like I said, I have clients in 31 states and four countries. I get to see them, in, you know, for longer periods. Like right. Tomorrow morning, I have a client meeting in, I'm in Florida. I was actually just in Florida like two weeks ago, seeing four or five clients. I'm here for vacation now, but I'm seeing a couple of clients. I'm seeing a prospect tomorrow. Um, and yeah, very, very blessed to be able to, to grow my business and grow my practice and constantly be able to do that in face of all these, let's call them you know, the hardship. Um, but I think those were like choices. And again, these are things I'm too young to sit tight. I'm too young not to work. Mm. I'm too young not. And I want to model. I want to model like a good work ethic to my children. I want to model a good, you know, to me is like, I love, I also happen to love what I do. Like there isn't a day where I'm like, market goes up, market goes down. And it's been a really shitty, tough year. Uh, I've been more therapist than advice. I mean, which is part mm. of my, my job is, is really, is, is, I don't want to say therapy, but my part of my job is making people, make sure people make the, the least amount of bad decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and then just like, you know, you know, lean in and invest and stay invested. Cause like, you know, you, you make money in time. You don't make like what you're never going to make all of your wealth in one market. Right. Um, and again, I've learned a lot of that over the course of time. Like, uh, I won't, I, I don't, I'm in one of those jobs that I could see myself like, you know, I don't want to say dying at my desk. Like life is good. I'm blessed. I get to go see the world and see my clients. And but it's also equally hard. I just lost four clients. I had four deaths, which means four family oh, wow. members. Four of my wow. family members passed in the last six weeks. And I say wow. family members are not my dad. It's not my mom. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But people that I've been working with their families for 15, 16, 17 years. Wow. Um, or some of my clients lost a, a son, which is like losing you know again like it's an appendage like so like those things are hard um but like again like it can make you want to stop it can make you want to pivot it can make you want to, but like uh i don't know this one of my one of my passions is this is is like it's multi-generational planning i get to work with client with grandparents with kids with grandkids great grandkids i've been to in april i was at a one of my clients great grandson's wedding I travel mm -hmm. with him. I hike with him. He's ten years younger than I am. They actually just texted me today. They're they're now having a child. They're due wow. June twenty third. Um, I'm not going to name the name because I don't know if they're announcing to everybody else. I was yet. about to say, um, here comes a new but, Brian in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was like literally, I dealt with this person's great great grandfather. They're the new, you know, that's new child's great grandfather. So like that to me is super cool. They're like, we're going to have to open up a 529. That's cool to me. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I need to have you sit down with my son because our conversation today was 
hey, I just made all this money off my bar mitzvah and I don't want to put it in the bank because in the bank it makes no money. So I want to just keep it in my wallet. And then I tried to explain to him that that does, the bank is a little better than your wallet. And he's like, fine, yeah. I'm just going to put it in the wallet of my father, uh, in the bank of my father, and he can handle my investments for now. So maybe you guys should have a longer conversation because I tried to explain to him, if you take that money and you invest it into the right things, then you get a higher yield than you do with your just putting it in the bank. But uh, he he opted for the bank of the father. So yeah, I, the we might have to talk soon. Yeah. First of all, at least the bank of the father at the moment with interest rates, depending on put it in the money market. I don't know in Israel how it works, but I actually, I'm, I'm told that in Israel, like, uh, you know, you could get like six, seven percent now in the bank. It's it, it's just long. complicated being American and Israeli. Okay, <laughs> buy money market. Um, but uh, yeah, topic for another conversation. We'll have uh, yeah. you know, well, we'll do a money advice. We'll, we'll have a call. finance class on on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because that, honestly, that's that's the other thing to it. When you know, and this is this is more for the women that are listening for whatever reason. It's actually one of the last ten years has been a big push in my practice where we bring all the spouses, like the wives, because for the last for the last 20 years, or at least like the, the, the older generation of my clients was always husbands. I would say 90% husbands. So I had to force them to bring their wives. And all their wives is like, the husband does it. I don't need to do it. He does. Mm. And then unfortunately, all the dads die first, or the husbands die first. Not always, right. but majority of them. And suddenly this, they're this like, well, I don't good. know what to do. So-and-so used to take care of it. I'd be like, well, you know, remember when I wanted you to come in every like three months for the last 10 years? So highly recommend in your life. It's again, open, honest transparency, you know, and sometimes, uh, you know, in divorce, like, you know, people are like, oh, like if somebody's always hiding something, like, you know, I don't know, you don't have to hide anything. And every, everybody should know what's going on in, in, in your life and uh, both, you um, Again, that's just, again, communication. It just goes back to open, honest communication. But um, finances are important. Understanding the stuff in marriage and in life are important. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you on for a uh, master class. Yes. Um, yeah, so Brian, really, thank you for coming. We really appreciate it. It's been thank a you, Brian. wonderful yeah, conversation. And amazing. Amazing to catch up. No, I don't no. want to keep you away My from pleasure. your kids for too long. Um, but yeah, I do want to. way longer than I thought. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. Good seeing you. Yeah. And uh, before you go, I just wanted to tell everybody that we are open to sharing your story. And please visit us at twodadtoquit.com on social, twodadtoquit, twodadtoquit podcast. You can find us anywhere. We really want to help and share your story. Uh, if there's any topics you want us to cover, please let us know. Please reach out to us. Again, we're, we're here to help you. And thank you for listening. Until next week. Thank you for listening to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Available twodadtoquit.com. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.